Welcome to the St. Joseph Radio Presents live program broadcasting to you from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. The program that for over 30 years has brought you eloquent speakers from across the globe to help explain, clarify, and evangelize the Catholic faith. Our program covers a variety of topics relating to current issues and occurrences in our daily lives. Now, with the aid of technology, we are able to bring the gospel message to the four corners of the world, where Christ himself did say, those who have ears ought to hear. It is our hope at St. Joseph Radio that through these programs, we can help evangelize the world and change one soul at a time. Now, here is your host to introduce today's guest and topic. Welcome, welcome. I'm Deacon Tom Burke, and I'm here with my friend, John Kuhlman. He's, uh, we're both from St. Joseph's in Cottleville, Missouri, and today we're going to talk about something that everybody's kind of got on their mind. We're about a few days away from Ash Wednesday, the beginning of Lent, and we're going to talk about making a good Lent and maybe times when we haven't made such a good Lent and how we can. And so before you uh, quickly turn your channel to another station and start thinking about how you haven't done a good Lent, don't worry. This is going to be a great program because we're going to talk about how to make a good Lent. And it's not going to be arduous and it's not going to be hard because we're going to walk with Jesus too. So I, I want to invite John to come into this conversation with me. John Kuhlman is a, is a, is a, is a great guy. He's got a beautiful family. Uh, and maybe you could talk to us a little bit about that before as we start so everybody can kind of know you. What would you like to know? Well, <laughs> obviously, uh, you've been a parishioner at St. Joe's in Collierville for some time, and you're married to Jill. Yes, I have uh, my wife, Jill. Uh, we have four children, uh, two boys and two girls, uh, three are adults, and one is uh, about to be a teenager. So you've had a chance to not only walk through Lent yourself, but walk mm -hmm. through Lent with a family for some time. Yes, yeah. We try to bring our children through the, the Lent each year. Well, uh, Lent's, you know, obviously one of the liturgical seasons of, of, of our church. And just to bring everybody up to date on that, Lent comes from a word that comes from lengthen, which is an old English word. And it, it, it also kind of means springtime. So the days get longer, spring's coming, it's all about renewal. And, uh, and, and that renewal in our Catholic church is meant to be an interior renewal. Uh, it starts on Ash Wednesday, and it finishes on Holy Thursday, and as the Easter Tritium starts. Uh, so we're going to talk about some of the practices that, that, that the church has for us. And so many people look at these like, these are rules. If you violate the rules, you get a time out or something wrong, it's going to happen to you. But really, they're set up as guidelines for us, aren't they? Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, obviously, you've been, uh, have you been doing Lent for a long time, John? Yeah, every year. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, uh, so tell me, uh, uh, Lent is talking about prayer and fasting and almsgiving. And maybe we could start out with, with what's been the, been the easiest for you and maybe the hardest for you during Lent. Um, I would say the easiest is like trying to give up something, like just to think of something to give up. Um, and, other t and the hardest is to focus my time on prayer and, uh, and how to actually become closer to God. I think I think we all kind of share that same thing, and that, and I'm so glad you said that closer to God. That, that that's really what Lent's all about mm -hmm. is, is to reflect and repent, and and really be ready. Uh, walking with Jesus throughout these 40 days, Lent's usually about 46 days long because because the Sundays are not included. 
when I was growing up, my mom never said the Sundays weren't included in whatever we gave up. But having said that, uh, we get to the Easter Tridium, and a lot of times that's kind of tough uh, uh, to do that prayer walk. Okay, What's mm-hmm. that been like for you? Yeah, it's it's been uh, challenging for, at a lot of times. Um, and we'll get into that, like what the challenge, how that becomes challenging. But, you know, it's it's focusing that time. For me, it's I've got to focus it at the morning. I've got to start my day off with prayer um, or else the, it's, it's so hard to get back to it later in the day if I haven't started the day off with it. And that's kind of what the church wants us to do, right? Just to get mm-hmm. closer to Jesus through prayer. Just to bring everybody up to date, uh, we talk about fasting mm-hmm. uh, during during Lent, and and a lot of our Protestant brothers and sisters also fast during Lent. And our church says there's really just two days we have to fast, and that's uh, Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. But uh, what about what is that fast about? Uh, do, do you know? Yeah, it's where you try to eat. Uh, smaller meals and only two smaller meals that only add up to one meal. Yeah, yeah, and one large meal. Yeah, that's good. And so uh, uh, nothing in between, okay? Yeah, no uh, snacking. No snacking, and that'll really bring you around uh, when Ash Wednesday comes and you start realizing how often it's, how easy it is, right, to step yeah. into the, the general uh, commons room the, at work and, and, and just pick away or have, those, have, those, uh, have that treat at your desk. Uh, but then we also have, uh, and, and as you know, uh, the, the fasting is for people 18 to 59 in the church. If you're under that age or over that age, you're not required to fast. Uh, people still do. Families still do mm-hmm. that as a, as a family. And, of course, we abstain from meat, which is, uh, that's why we get all our fish fries in the Catholic Church. And, and that uh, is abstaining from meat for anybody over the age of 14. Uh, people are exempt, obviously, uh, people who are pregnant and, and nursing and have a physical problem or emotional problem. Uh, the church is very kind about that because the goal is to get closer to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and, if, and, if it, and if your fasting isn't getting you closer to Jesus, then we need to figure out another something else, right? Right. Okay. So, so the idea of, of this Lent, which is, which is repentance, uh, what does repentance mean to you? Yeah, so I would say repentance is like acknowledging that you've done something wrong and that you're actually sorry for it and coming to God to ask him for that forgiveness. Okay, so that's a big part of it, right? I, I, I haven't followed in the path of Christ. Mm-hmm. I haven't made, maybe uh, been as good about being a, a faithful Catholic and following the Ten Commandments, and maybe I've sinned during this time, and that's acknowledging your sins. But then the next part about it, which is obviously the, the hardest for most of us, is repentance has a second prong to it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the second prong is, I'm going to change. Yeah. And, and that's, what, that's what Lent's all about, is, is how do we change? How do we mm-hmm. do that? Um, and uh, when you think about doing that change, what's, what's, what's essential to that for you? So in general, I would say that like I, I, try, I, I fall back on it being a penance and trying to make up for my sin. And like what do I need to do to, you know, to make up to God for what I've done? But really it's he wants me to do something that draws me closer into him brings me closer to him. 
Well, uh, help me with that a little bit because it, it's so easy to do that, right? Yeah. Is to, is to have that balance sheet mentality. You know, mm-hmm. one side of the sheet has to balance out on the other, and 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 that's fraught with problems. And it has been in my life when I start thinking of all the blessings I've had, and then I look at all the ways I have not responded to those blessings or or sinned. I'm like, I can't get there. Right. I, I can't. That, there's no way to balance that mm-hmm. out. And, of course, isn't that our Savior's job? Isn't right. that what he does? But can you talk to me a little bit about that mentality and uh, oftentimes referred to as an orphan mentality? Because I'd really like to, to, to highlight that for a few minutes and just get right on top of that because it afflicts so many people. I'm, I'm a deacon, and so we're, we're called to be Christ the servant. Mm-hmm. And so serving really, really gets me going. Mm-hmm. But then does that mean I'm valuable only as a servant? Well, no. So can right. you help me with that? Yeah, we try to we, – we end up feeling like that orphan. We're, we're – uh, I don't know how you say it. We, we can't do enough to earn God's favor again. And we're either trying so hard or we just give up because we just feel like we can't do anything. But – we, we're not an orphan. We have God as our Father, and He's He's right there for us. Yeah, that orphan mentality causes me to think, well, I've I've sinned too much to be close to Jesus. Yeah. Or, or or if I just wasn't a sinner, mm-hmm. uh, then I'd have an encounter with Him. Or or even worse, uh, uh, I have to do so much to be worthy to be loved by God. That's that's that orphan mentality, isn't right. it? Right. And so what? What should we know about about who we are to God, even as we even as we start Lent, even as we take a good fresh look at Lent and not let the evil one pick for us what we're going to do in Lent? Right. Yeah. I mean, you have to start out with God made you. He has a reason for you to be made. You're His beloved son or, or daughter, and you you're that way no matter what. It's not because of anything you're doing or not doing. So so we we're beloved. Okay, yeah. we start beloved. Um, uh, Dr. Mary Healy uh, had a statement one time at one of her videos. She said, "God loves you, and there's nothing you can do about it." Yeah. Uh, God loves people in, in in heaven. He loves people on earth. He loves people in purgatory. He loves people in hell. He'll still yeah. love you. Uh, you got what you picked in hell. But having said that, he loves us so much that he sent his only begotten Son for us. Mm-hmm. And Jesus has earned, done everything we need to be sons and daughters of God so that we can do God's will. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different, that's an error. That's, a error. that's what St. Paul talks about. We're heirs then. Yeah. yeah. We, can, we can honestly say our Father and know that it's not because of what we did, but because of what he did. Right. Well, thanks for starting out that way. Because if, if we start out in the, in, the, in the other direction, you know, if we start out thinking, I'm, I'm just not worthy to be a, a son or daughter of God, which we're, which we're told all the time. You know, when, when we don't get the promotion at work or we're not, the love we have in our families isn't returned to us or, or we're not appreciated as we should or we're not recognized as, as, as valued by somebody else because we're devalued all the time. That's the world talking to us, right? Right. But, but what's God saying to us? He's saying that we're, we're worth everything. He has the world for us. So from that standpoint, that we that we're worth so much, and His love is with us so much. What, how does that change our, in your mind anyway? How does it change your mind as you get ready for for Lent in this time of of repentance and getting closer to Christ? 
So it, it gives me the chance to say, what can I do to further that relationship? How can I become closer to God? Not just, I, I'm, I don't need to atone for my sins because that's already happened and I'm already doing that. I need to know what, what can I do on a daily basis that's actually going to grow me closer to God. Well, let me ask you about that because immediately, you know, obviously if I, if I disregard the true meaning of what we're talking about, which is getting closer to Jesus, and I, I just look at it and go, hey, that's great. Jesus has done everything he, I, I need. I don't need to do anything. I don't have to go to confession. I don't have to admit my sins. I don't have to examine myself. He's done everything. That's kind of a, a that, that's not the Catholic view, nor is it no. how it's ever been. No. Right? But so many people think that, right? Yeah, it is, it's easy to fall into that. But it, but logically, it doesn't make any sense. Oh, I don't because know what you that, mean. Yeah, that doesn't way, bring you any closer to God if you just say that he's done everything and I don't need to do anything. Well, uh, you're right, right? It, it kind of uh, God loves me and I'm going to go to heaven no matter what. Yeah. Uh, we have to come to the realization that that's not true, right? Right. That, that God loves me, but but he will let me choose against him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, our, our culture kind of talks about that, doesn't it? And we're kind of just laying a foundation for more of our talk today here. But, but uh, do, it seems like unless I'm hurting somebody, which nobody wants, but, unless, but if that's the only parameter, mm-hmm. that, that I'm not hurting somebody in the world, then is, what a fertile ground for rationalization. Isn't yes. It? So, so yeah. h- how does rationalization fit into this? Well, that tells you that that you only have to look at it from your point of view. And that if you don't think you're hurting anybody, then you're not hurting anybody. But you don't know who you're hurting. So so, so really, there's no impetus to change. Right, yeah. And so, and so somebody from that mindset, and if anybody's out there kind of thinking that way or thinking that we're getting after anybody for what they've done, that's just the opposite. Right. What we're really saying is, is if, you, if you were ill, you'd want to go to the doctor. But if you don't know you're ill because you look around and you go, everybody's as ill as I am, then who's going to go to the doctor ever? And the great right. healer's just waiting for us, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that's why the church sets up sets up prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's talk about almsgiving for just a minute. It may not be the focus of what we end up talking about today because I really want to get back into what you said, which was that prayer aspect. But almsgiving, what benefit do you think almsgiving is going to be for me who, by the way, I, I, I may tithe. You know, many people listening to this may say, well, I do give a tenth of my gross to the church, and I, I, I do support uh, the things that the church does, and I support the church, which, by the way, is one of the one of the precepts of the Catholic Church. But having said that, what's this almsgiving, and, and what what importance do you think it has? It it gives you that opportunity to give away from what you desire for what, so that God can use it for what He desires. And of course, almsgiving actually uh, historically in the church has had a more of a focus on the poor, right? right? And we think about that by way of of money, don't we? Mm-hmm. Okay, but, right. But are there other ways that, that during Lent we can kind of fit into that charitable aspect of almsgiving, so as we can get closer to Christ? Yeah, I mean, we can do charity work. We can do, you know, our time and our talents towards charity for other people. Well, I'm thinking about. 
you know, the, 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 the two commandments that Jesus highlighted, you know, love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and then love your neighbor as yourself. And, and uh, we, it's, it's pretty tough to do number one unless we do number two. It it's is. It's pretty tough to do number two unless we think about number one and do mm-hmm. number one. So, so uh, uh, what a great way to work our way back into realizing how important God is. Because in that almsgiving, it seems like there's a little bit of humility to it. Mm-hmm. And we'll, just on that, we're going to take a, a short little notice that I think I'm, I'm, I'm getting a high sign from people who know more about this than I do. That I, <laughs> I'd just like to, to, uh, to let everybody out there know that my name is Deacon Tom Burke. I'm here with John Coleman. And today we're talking about those things that get in our way about making a good Lent. And I'm coming to you from the St. Joseph's Evangelization Network. And this is coming to you also from St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West. So... We kind of talked about almsgiving here, not to kind of put it on the shelf, but to say it kind of works into all this. You mm-hmm. know? If, if you're going to pick something to do in Lent, have you ever picked anything that wasn't instead of giving something up, but doing some charitable thing? Right, yeah. As, can you give me any examples that you might be able to think of? Yeah, like if you want to uh, work at like a, a homeless shelter or a food pantry, um, that would be giving up your time. So, so that's showing the honor you give and dignity you give to somebody else. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 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 and uh, I will invite anybody who wants to do those type of things to, to check with St. Vincent de Paul, to check with St. Patrick's Center, to check with, with uh, any of the other charities in, this, in, in our St. Louis area. There's a lot, and they certainly could use not only your time and your talent, but also your funds. And that kind of takes a look, it takes a focus a little bit off ourselves, isn't it? Right. It does. Yeah. So, so now we're not focused as much on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And if we're not focused as much on ourselves, what are we focused on? Hopefully on God. <laughs> Hopefully on God. <laughs> That's a great idea. Okay. Yeah. Once again, everything the church is talking about, and so many people bristle against rules that we have, everything the church is talking about is, is our guidelines that are given to us out of love for the church so that we can get closer to the love of God. And, and so that's kind of where almsgiving comes in. Uh, and and we, we, we talk about uh, prayer and fasting, and part of that, is, part of that is, is, is penance, of course. And penance is kind of a—the church uses big words like emulation for those things. And the idea is not to be so concerned about my appetites, but the appetite God has for us. You know, Jesus was on the cross, and he says, I thirst. Mm. And he wasn't thinking about— uh, uh, he wasn't thinking about wine. He was thinking about thirst for souls. Yeah. And and uh, uh, if we were if we were just looking at that from a standpoint of of uh, nuts and bolts, it, we might miss the love of Christ wants to see right. for us. So as we as we walk through this, I, one of the things I'd like to talk about is we're still talking about prayer. Prayer is as Augustine said is you know lifting your heart up to God, and and he also famously said that uh, uh, God can do anything without us, but he can do nothing without us. You know? mm-hmm. And so, and so uh, as, uh, we can't save ourselves. Right. Uh, we need Jesus to save ourselves, mm-hmm. but he won't save us without our cooperation, right? Yeah. So a part of that is something that we'd rather do and not do, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you talked about it earlier. Uh, has there been times when you, when, when you pick something in Lent, and you don't have to get into too deep in this, pick something in Lent that, that really didn't get you that much closer to Jesus? 
Yeah, I mean, the traditional, like, giving something up almost never gets me closer to God because I'm not asking him what he wants me to give up. I'm just looking, what can I give up? Or what do I think would be a good thing to give up, you know, like, for my health? Yeah, you know? or, or even just joining the bandwagon. A, yeah, a, a friend or what of mine, everybody does. A friend of mine once said, we were in a little small faith group, and he turned to me and he said, you know, and I, I didn't know him that well. Uh, we had not talked about what he did for a living or anything. And he said, you know, I'm going to give up going to third world com- countries for Lent. Uh, and I said to him, I said, oh, that's that's great. I don't understand. Do you, do you go there for work or is this charity work? And he goes, no, I never go to third world countries. <laughs> and, and so maybe that's the total other end of the scale. But let's talk about the other end of the scale. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know other people have said, well, what I'll do is I will, uh, uh, in essence, do a, a spiritual Mount Everest. Mm. I'm going to do two holy hours or quadruple what yeah. I'm doing, and, and I'm going to show Jesus how much I really love him. I don't know that you've ever done that before, but I've I, tried. I have. I have. Well, how does that? How does that go? Um, you know, it, it it can be good, but you again, you're trying to do something more than what you can do. You're trying to you're trying to show God how good you can be. You're not you're not really trying to do it to grow closer to Him, in essence. And how how does the evil one come into that? Oh, he'll attack you on all sides as soon as you try to do something like that. He'll, he'll hit your pride that you want to do it and that this will be great and really show God how well you, you, you're doing. And then as soon as you try to do it, then he'll start attacking you that this is too much. And, and then it's too much. Yeah. And then you fail. Yeah. And I'm not saying you. I, right. We've all done that. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to pray so many extra prayers. Yeah. And then I miss a day. Yeah. And what if, if, if you've ever done that, and I know I have, and you miss a day, I know people who listen to this might think, oh, don't worry about it. But is that really what happens when you miss a day? You don't worry about it. I mean, you're going to worry about it, yeah. Right, right. What happens is is the evil one attacks you and says, see, you were not worthy to be a son of God anyway. Right. You know, uh, I want to get back to something about where we get the 40 days because it mm-hmm. relates to our identity and how close God wants us to feel about our identity. Uh, Jesus, uh, how, do we get, how do we get this, John? How do we get the 40 days of Lent? Where do we come up with that? Did somebody just... Uh, somewhere in in Rome, say let's do thirty, and somebody said no, let's do forty five, and and they compromised. That's what they on settled 40. on. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it was uh, Jesus went away and uh, for forty days in the desert to fast and pray to prepare himself. So let's let's back up a little bit so we can add some context to that. Right. And and uh, we see that uh, his baptism mm-hmm. in, in Mark's gospel and and in his baptism he he comes up out of the water. John the Baptist baptized him in the Jordan and he comes up out of the water and it, and and you can almost picture what's going on. I just picture a bright sunny day. I just think it's sunny at the River Jordan all the time. But I picture a bright sunny day and and you know John the Baptist is a kind of circumspect. He turned to Jesus and said, "You should be baptized." me and Jesus says no you should baptize me it's important so so he comes up out of the water which obviously is a kind of a pre pre uh, pre-resurrection idea right and and uh, uh, do, do you do you do you recall and I know we didn't talk about this beforehand so I'm giving you kind of a little Bible Bible question but people out there kind of can can we kind of see what happened do you recall what went on then as soon as he comes up out of the water 
You talk about when God spoke? Yeah. Yeah, so God, you know, spoke to the world and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Oh, that's beautiful, isn't it? And at the same time, uh, uh, it said the Holy Spirit, like a dove, came Mm -hmm. down and anointed him. And the reason why I bring this up is because those of us who have been baptized, we've been anointed. That's the actor in the, in the baptism is the Holy Spirit. We've been anointed with the Holy Spirit, with sacred chrism oil. Us, we have been baptized and generated, regenerated into the family of God. And the reason why we've been starting out talking about our identity so much is because, because somehow it gets turned around on us. The evil one wants us to. The world yep. says, says, you shouldn't be doing this. You should be, you should be doing... Uh, uh, getting ready for fantasy baseball or whatever. And these are all the things the world says we should do or just more things at work. I don't know about you, but as Lent approaches, I'm, I'm, I'm all of a sudden called to do more things. Yes. More stuff comes up at work. Uh, why on earth did this project fail and I have to do something else if, if, if you're in work status? Or for me, you know, I get more phone calls to do something in ministry, which I love to do. But it's all that busyness, which is important, but the evil one's doing something. He's kind of mm-hmm. cranking things up. He'd be happy. Look at it this way. John, I think the evil one would be happy for you to get a raise at work if you didn't get closer to Jesus. Yes. <laughs> It seems counterintuitive that he wants to, you know, he wants to, the accuser wants to wants to destroy us and rob from us. But he's happy to make you more happy in this world so long as you never get to the next. Yep. So so we we, we fight against that. And I've I've, I've kind of gone on and on, but we're talking about our reflection here. We're talking mm-hmm. about re- reflecting and get closer to Christ. So you said something earlier here that I I really want to go back to. Uh, after we get Jesus baptized, okay? So mm-hmm. he's baptized, and, and he goes out into the desert. It says, it says in, in the Gospels, the Holy Spirit led him into the desert mm-hmm. for 40 days. And that's kind of where we get our land, right? Yeah. Uh, we wouldn't know about this unless Jesus came and thought it was so important to tell his disciples about it because he was alone. Right. And what did Jesus tell his disciples about what happened to him at the end of his 40 days with Satan? Do you recall? Yeah, once he was completely depleted from fasting for 40 days, then he was attacked, spiritually attacked by the devil. Well, well, if the devil has the gall to attack Jesus, how do you, what inhibition do you think he has about us? Yeah, he has none. None. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. In fact, we we have we're both living proof of that, yes. right? We start our we start our Lent by going to confession. Usually yes. other people do that on on Fat Tuesday. So, so he attacks Jesus we're going to take a, a short little note here and maybe a quick break. Uh, this is Deacon Tom Burke, and I'm here with John Coleman, and we're going to talk about how Jesus was attacked by the devil when we come back. This is St. Joseph's Evangelization Network coming from St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West. Hi, 
Hi, this is Matt Logeman with St. Joseph Radio with a great gift idea, a St. Benedict bracelet, a trendy accessory for men, women, and children that not only looks good on everyone's wrist, but is actually armor for the spiritual battlefield. This unique bracelet is handmade in Europe and contains 10 medals within the braided cord in the adult size and seven medals in the children's size. On the front of each beautiful medal is St. Benedict holding a cross in his right hand, the object of his devotion. On the back of each medal is a cross. Surrounding the back of the medal and cross are the letters V. R-S-N-M-V-S-M-Q-L-I-V-B. In Latin reference, which translates, Be gone, Satan. Never tempt me with your vanities. What you offer me is evil. Drink the poison yourself. And finally, located at the top is the word Pax, which means peace. All bracelets come packaged with an informational card and the St. Benedict blessing, which your local priest can administer. This gift is for everyone you love and care about, including yourself. Available from St. Joseph Radio, check the website at www.saintjosephradio.net. St. Joseph Catholic Radio is proud to announce the launch of SJEN-TV, the St. Joseph Evangelization Network. SJEN-TV is a premier online Catholic broadcasting network providing quality Catholic programming 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We have programming such as live studio interviews, St. Joe's Java speaker presentations, current Catholic issues, and the Pro-Life series. We're featuring the many talented speakers out of Orange County, California, and this Archdiocese of St. Louis, Missouri including Professor John Gresham, Father James Mason, Karen Nokemper, Rick Hollerick, Bill Federer, and many more. To review the program list, go to sjen.tv or on Roku, sjen.tv. All this programming is free, and we are welcoming sponsorship of new programs. Find out more at sjen.tv. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, I'm Deacon Tom Burke, and I'm here at St. Joe's Radio in St. Louis, Missouri, with my friend John Kuhlman. And we're just kind of sitting here having a coffee or a tea and talking about uh, trying to make a good Lent. And we've been talking uh, about a, a lot of things here. We've gone the gambit. We talked about fasting. We talked about something you brought up, which was letting Jesus pick whatever we should do for fasting. Of course, that requires a relationship, doesn't it? Yes. And uh, a lot of times when I picked it, I've failed to do it. But yeah. if it, maybe if Jesus picked it, what's our success rate? It should be pretty good. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, if Jesus picks something that we should be doing, either a fast or a penance, then maybe we're going to get the grace to be able to do it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and maybe as we partner with Jesus, we're going to get closer to him. As we, as we finished our last little segment uh, and kind of segue into what was going on with Jesus, he was, he was proclaimed a beloved son of God, and he want everybody, God and Jesus wanted everybody to hear that, mm-hmm. wanted to know that about baptism. Then he's led into the desert, and at the end of the 40 days, when he's, when he's as depleted as you can be in, in his human nature, the evil one comes to him. And, and of course, uh, the evil one's got a lot of gall, doesn't he? Yes. He comes to the Son of God. It's not like the evil one didn't know who he was dealing with. And he, he, do you remember what he said to Jesus at that time? Uh, first, he, he attacked him in his hunger and told him to turn the stones into bread. Yeah, he said, if you are the Son of God, turn yep. these rocks, turn these stones into bread. You know, and, and of course, we know Jesus just said, uh, man does not live by bread alone, but by the word of, word of God, word from God. But, but it was interesting. I want to look at it from, from, from Jesus' standpoint and from the devil. The Jesus said, well, let's see. Uh, uh, I see who you are. I see who you are. I know who's tempting me. And of course, 
maybe we, as we begin Lent, can do an examination and look and say, who is tempting me? How is the devil tempting me? Where have I slid in my life that I want to regain that foothold with Christ? And, and so Jesus always has an awareness of where he's at. And mm-hmm. I think with him we can have that awareness. But then look at it from the other standpoint, if you would, for just a minute. And I don't invite people to do this all the time, but in this context we can. And it, it, what, was, what was the devil attacking Jesus at? How was he attacking him? He was getting it, at his weakest point, yeah, right? He's yeah. getting his hunger. But he says, if you are the son of God, was he, was he, what, was he, what was that challenge he was presenting to Jesus? It's kind of challenging his pride. He's trying to see if he could get Jesus to be prideful and, and show his divinity. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and the lie. Well, what a lie. He turned yeah. to Jesus and said, if you are the son of God. Well, Jesus didn't have to prove who he was. Yeah. He was the son of God. That's where the lie comes in. And, of course, that same lie at Jesus' identity was the lie that the serpent had given to, G- to uh, uh, Eve. Mm. She he said to Eve, what did, what, did, what did he say to Eve? You won't die. You will nope. be like God. And, of course, the lie there was she, Eve was already made in the image and likeness of God. So the accuser, the liar, the destroyer, he's always going to come to us and oftentimes, maybe all, not always, I should say, but oftentimes attack us at our weakest point and attack us at our identity. Mm-hmm. And of course, we know that he, uh, without belaboring the point, and I invite people to look it up, <laughs> is, is, that, is that then the evil one didn't give up, right? And we don't nope. expect the evil one to give up here either. The evil one's going to uh, turn to us and say, well, now, if you're really loved by God, don't worry about it. Go ahead and test God by doing by doing things, you know, mm-hmm. by by pushing against God. Uh, I, for one, have have been a real pusher. I've really done a lot of pushing back yeah. against God when I when when I knew I shouldn't do what I was doing, but I rationalized and we talked about that. So so Jesus said, "Well, no, I, I'm beloved. I don't have to throw myself off the." purpose of, of the temple in order for God to prove that he loves me by having the angels catch me. Right. Okay. Once again, attacking him. And then what, do you remember what the third one was? The third uh, temptation? Offering him the whole world. He offered Jesus the whole world. Yeah. What, had. what a deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so once again, once again, Eve was offered to be like God if she ate the fruit. Mm-hmm. She, she gave up Eden Heaven was closed up until Jesus' baptism because why? Because she decided to trade a piece of fruit for, for her closeness with God. And the devil offered the same thing to Jesus. I'll give you the world, which he already had. So we can see where that lie is always, and, and I say always, but a lot of times attacking our identity. Right. So how do we recover that identity? How how do we do that? Well, what would be a what would be a good plan you would say? And I know I'm kind of throwing at you this at you a little cold, but but how can we use the things that the church is talking about with prayer and fasting and almsgiving to reclaim our identity uh, with Jesus during Lent? Yeah, we need to set up a time for personal prayer where we're actually talking to God and listening for what he wants us to do in our life. And and have have you had any success with that in your personal life? Yeah. Yeah, I set up a time in the morning, you know, as soon as I get up, I've uh 
I do a routine to get me into it. And so I'll read uh, a prayer for the day, and then I read the readings for the day, and then I look at, you know, which saints are for that day, and then that gets me uh, thinking about the day, and it gives God a chance to talk to me through the readings. Um, And then I think about, and then I can get into that conversation with God in my head on, you know, think about what's going on that day, and what does he want me to focus on? Or what words does he have for me for that day? As as kind of a, a kind of a contrary example, if I if I start my day and I and I jump into emails and I jump into text messages and I jump into whatever my work's going to do that day, then I've already set the tone, haven't I? Right. I've already told God what's important. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm vitally important to God, I'm telling God you're not important to me. Right now, maybe we can't do it during during the first part of our day, and maybe I I don't have a lot of time. What would you suggest if I turned to you and said, you know, I've got five kids at home. Yeah, <laughs> I've got they have to get off to school. I've got to do all these things. I don't have that time. What would you suggest as something they could do in their prayer life during Lent? Just you know, find the time that works for you. You know, you might not have time in the morning, but you might at noon, or you might. Uh, you know, before dinner or when you're going to bed at night, you know. That's great. Some some reminder, right, throughout the day. You can set yeah. a timer on your phone. And, right. And, and it goes off and, and twice a day and you, you turn it off and say a quick prayer. Mm-hmm. Are you getting closer to Jesus doing that? You can. Yeah. So our Bishop Carlson did something. It was one of his writings when he was Archbishop here in, in, in uh, uh he wrote something for for Lent and said, if you want to get closer to God, read one one verse, mm-hmm. one chapter a day. Yeah. You know, what, what a small hurdle to get over. But th- that's how important God's Word is in our lives, don't you think? I do, yeah. Yeah. So so uh, uh, let's kind of talk about, about how we can get closer to God in Scripture, shall we? Sure. Uh, so when you're praying Scripture, and, and, and obviously you set aside a particular time for it, that means you're, it's important to you. Mm-hmm. Jesus is important to you. Relationship is important. Uh, so when you do that, uh, how do you go about reading that to get closer to God? Uh, so I make it as easy as I can. So I just use an app that, that has the readings for the day. So I use the Laudate app. Um, you know, there's several apps that'll do it for you. Um, but, you know, I can just punch it right up, and there's the readings for the day. And then what do you do with the readings? How do you read them? I, I just read through them. Okay. And, but, I'm, you know, I'm usually thinking about how it, how it relates to me, what's being said. You know, like when we get to the readings for... Um, Jesus healing the cripple who had been crippled for 38 years and couldn't make it into the well to be healed by the, the magical waters. Oh, okay, yeah. And it was like, I mean, God spoke to me that day. That's, you're, you know, you've been dealing with sin. You know, I was, you know, I could think back to, you know, 38 years ago when I was a young teenager and everything that I've been doing since then and the things that I want God to heal me of. And, you know, it doesn't, God will do it when you ask for it. Well, And it helped me to relate to that man in the story. 
Well, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I, I think what I'm hearing from you is, is, is uh, uh, something that uh, we, we all know in our Catholic Church. In fact, Ignatius talks about this, putting yourself into the scene. Yeah. Reading that gospel, that how Ignatius would suggest that we read, r- read our gospels. Right? Mm-hmm. If, if, we, if we walk in there and Bartimaeus, the blind man, is calling out in the crowd, uh, uh, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I mean, we might think we're Bartimaeus. Yeah, or, or even Jesus, or even one of the crowd, or one of the disciples that said, "Shh, shh, don't, Bartimaeus, stay back, stay back." So each one of us can step into that at different times in our life. I've been all three mm-hmm. uh, or four people in that scene, but every time that comes up, I think, "Well, where, where am I? Did I am I willing to throw off my cloak as he yeah. did and follow him?" So I can, and, and Ignatius would suggest that we that we. That we actually take in the whole scene, mm-hmm. that, that that we that we think we see the dust on the road, and we feel the heat of the day, and we and we and we listen to the crowd, and we smell the air, and we get the whole scene in us to step into the water, like you're talking about, yeah. at the at the pool of Bethesda. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful way to do it. Yeah. How, how, does that take a lot of effort on your part? No, not at all. You, you're practiced at it. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. You know, it takes time to really get it as a as a daily habit, but it comes. Well, see, that's that's beautiful. And, and and what what I like so much about what you talked about, if I'm listening to you properly, is that is that it only took a few minutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's not a lot of time in my morning. It's like 15 minutes. So then, after you after you spend that short period of time listening for Jesus, uh, reading God's word, and let God's word read you, so to speak, then what difference does that make in your day? It sets off my whole day that I'm already talking to God. So as I'm going to work and as I'm doing everything that I need to do that day at work, I'm already talking to God about it. And I'm not just ignoring him. And and uh, uh, over time, does that have a cumulative effect in some way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's, you know, I see more and more that, that God does take care of me. And he does provide for me. So you see him in a lot more places. Yes. Ah, oh, that's that's way good. That's way good. And and uh, uh, so so I guess in in the, in the context of Lent, we got forty days that, that we in a way reach out to Christ in Scripture, the way you're mm-hmm. talking about it. It could be fasting or almsgiving. Reach out to Christ in Scripture, but it's kind of paradoxical that Christ is already there reaching for you. Yeah. Isn't that neat? It is. That's great. Well, I, I do want to talk about one other thing, which is which is uh, Lectio Divina, another way to play scripture during Lent. We're giving people a little bit of tools now as we're, as we're getting towards the, the back half of this hour, some tools that people can do during Lent to, to kind of think about uh, what what the scripture is trying to read for them. And in Lectio Divina, I, I don't have it all set out for me here, I apologize, but Lectio Divina is a way of, an ancient way of, of reading and speaking ourselves into the scripture. It's a little bit of a segue off what we've been talking about, Ignatius mm-hmm. putting yourself in the scene. But uh, to do Lectio, I and, and I don't know whether you recall all the steps, uh, anyone here can quickly just turn to the internet, Google, Google Lectio Divina, and you will come up with two or three, I've, I've Googled it, two or three different ways 
mm -hmm. uh, that all kind of follow the same pattern. Are you familiar with this? Oh, yes. Okay, yeah. so, so what, what is your understanding? So to first just, you know, pick the passage that you're going to read. And that could be, as you do, the daily reading Right, just reading the daily day. reading for the day. And just read through it. And then maybe even read through it two or three times if you need to. But then actually look for what is, what is God pointing out to you. Which word or phrase or verse does God want you to see specifically? What sparks your imagination or your interest? Okay, so once you got that, what's, what's the next thing to do? And it may, this may only be two minutes into it, right? Mm -hmm. okay. Right. And so, then, so then just stop and in your mind say, God, what do you want me to know about this? Why are you pointing this out to me? And then just wait and listen for what God says to you. Isn't that, isn't that a great thing to think that he's just, <laughs> Jesus is just there doing it. In fact, I know people who do this where, where they actually sit there, and I've done it myself on occasion, where they sit there and they read the scripture with a book open in front of them, and they either imagine or actually set a chair up across mm -hmm. from them and imagine Jesus there where, where he turns to them and says, receive the scripture as a gift. Wow. And then they receive it, and then they turn to him when they get whatever. It could be just one word. It could be like we just talked about Bartimaeus throwing off the cloak, and why, why, is, mm -hmm. that, why is that significant in the healing of this blind man? But then what does it mean to me, Jesus? Yeah. So that, then after you do that, is there more to it? Yeah, then you, you, know, then you continue to pray about it and, and ask God, what, what does he want you to do with that now that he's given that to you? Okay, so we, we, have, we have Horatio praying it out loud. Mm -hmm. uh, contemplatio, we contemplate it. Meditatio, we meditate on it with Jesus. And then we have Actio, which we act on it. Those are the ones I remember off the mm -hmm. top of my head. Like I said, there, you can go into, uh, I, in fact, I read a book on it one time, which, which blew right out of my mind because I don't remember it all today. But it, it kind of takes us through that. But what a great day to, what a great day in a life when somebody reads that and they actually are interacting with Jesus, huh? Yeah. So I, I want to spend a couple minutes that we have left here talking about all the ways that that we're attacked spiritually, because mm. what, what, what happens to all of us in Lent, and it, regardless of how we are on our, our spiritual path or what heights we think we've attained, uh, all of us, once we start that direction, are going to be attacked more. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, that has scared some people off from it. You know, I, yeah. I admit that. I, I admit it one time in my life, everything was going great, and there was no reason for me to seek Jesus. Right. That was, I thought, you know, that's what you do. When, when something bad happens or, or somebody's sick or, or certainly when, when somebody you love is in a bad straits, oh, that's when we go to Jesus. That's when we go to the, the God vending machine and we start pulling on it as hard as we can, begging for some help. And, and, and what happens, which is in, in, a, in an intuitive way is counterproductive, is God shows up. Yeah. He always shows up. But then, unfortunately, I... I keep the change in my pocket, and I, I leave the vending machine and don't come back. But having said that, you know, God's, God wants to interact with us, wants to interact with us. But, but we, we know there's the evil one says, I didn't worry about you, Deacon Burke, back when you were sinning, especially in mortal sins. But now, and I was giving you all these great treats in your life, but now that you've decided to walk with Jesus during Lent, I'm going to make things tough on you. Mm -hmm. We talked a little about this as yeah. Lent gets started. He wants to distract us from listening to Jesus as to what he wants us to do to get closer to him. And then what does God do in response? If we're thinking about Ignatius spirituality, you know, there's a good spirit 
in a mm-hmm. bad spirit. And the bad spirit says, you're turning towards God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw more stress on you. I'm going to mm-hmm. try to hurt you from the outside. Of course, remember, the devil cannot get into our minds and, and, and except in rare possessions, uh, will not, will, can, does not have that ability. But we sometimes open the door. But then God, what's God going to do when we start seeking him? He's there, and he's just waiting for us. He's, he's there to provide what we need. Well, I, I love it when you were talking about that, that your experience with Jesus in the Scripture in Bethsaida is that, as I could tell as we're sitting here, that it really kind of touched you that mm-hmm. day. Yeah. Has there been other times too? Oh, yeah. There's all kinds of times when it's the, 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 it just spoke to me very specifically to my life, you know, and especially when I've, I've uh, been going through trials in my life, but I was surrendering myself to God at that time, you know, and it, that's when he, his word really showed up in my life. Wow. When you, and, and isn't that, we're getting back to some of the great themes of Lent as you're talking. I love it. You're saying, I surrender myself. I, I, I look for things that I can cut out of my life that causes me to, to not walk with Christ. And, and uh, we're trying to, make a good, uh, trying to make a good Lent. As we're talking about Ignatius' spirituality, and he talks about the bad spirit and the good spirit, desolation, and of course the evil one wants us to, to, to travel in desolation. God does not put it on us. But then consolation. And we, we, we may get both of those any given day mm-hmm. or even throughout Lent. But uh, what I'd like to focus on a little bit is something that Ignatius says that might be a nice, nice uh, uh, template for, for our Lenten practices to, to pray and get closer to God. And that's something that's his, uh, his role of examination, and that's uh, P-E-M-P, uh, P-E-M-P, prayer, examination, meditation, and penance. So... How does that fit into a schema that you might be able to accept as you contemplate starting Lent? So, yeah, so it's, you know, thinking about what kind of a change do I need to make, but, you know, whether that's giving something up or not doing something or doing something like going to adoration or or mass, um, but then to start out with that prayer. So I'm going to do this or not do this, but I'm going to pray about it. And, and as you're praying about it, you're, of course, getting closer to Jesus. Yeah, right? yeah. Even if, you, even if you have a stumbling event, mm-hmm. which, which we should anticipate because we're made weak so we can seek God. Right. Strong so we don't seek him. And so you have that prayer aspect. And, and if we're going through desolation, we, just, we don't change it so much, but we hop up a little bit, increase a little bit that prayer. But then we talk, uh, Ignatius talks about examination, too. Mm-hmm. And so what would that mean for you as, as you're not, maybe even if you're in consolation, but more if you're in desolation, contemplating how you could walk through Lent? Yeah, so then, yeah, for me, that would be looking at why am I in this desolation? Examining why, why am I being attacked at this? Instead of just going along with that attack, it's like, you know, what, what, you know, where, where Ignatius tells you to look, look at that and what's the counter to it. Yeah, and, and, and of course, not every, not, not every time when we feel disconnected from God, it's because we're so bad. Right. Nor is it because the evil one's attacking us. Sometimes God will, will step back a little bit. You know, think about it when, when, a, when a child's getting ready to, to walk, 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you do you do you pick that child up every day when they only take one step? No, you step back, and right. they, and they kind of toddle and they might fall, but they're always being picked up. Sometimes I feel like the Lord is doing that a little bit with me because he he start, he knows me. He knows that I need to continue to have something to strive for in that relationship. Yeah, and there's there's way? also yeah, and there's also that that image of the the good shepherd, and that the the sheep get really comfortable with the green grass that they've been led to, yeah. but it can only last so long. And they need to be led to a new pasture, and they don't want to go. The shepherd has to bring them there. And so there are those times when God is leading us to something new so that we can grow or we can become closer to him, but it's a change. So we resist that. Oh, I love that image. I have not thought about that. That's so great. And of course, what does what happens, right? How do we get to that other pasture? We hear his voice, right? Right. My sheep know me and they hear my voice and they follow me and come out to green pastures. That's beautiful, John, in chapter 10. I love that image that you have. And if, if I feel like I'm kind of chewing on a little dirt and I just, <laughs> I'm not getting enough grass going on in my life and things aren't that great, or even when things are great in my life, but I feel that emptiness mm-hmm. that I don't have the connection to Christ, we've been talking today about those things we can do to hear his voice a little more clearly. And mm-hmm. we've talked a lot about scripture and how that is too. So I, I, I think that's, that's wonderful. Of course, Ignatius would, would say, uh, after we do prayer, <laughs> we do a little examination. You mm-hmm. know? Uh, am I tired of eating the dirt and want to have more grass? But then what's, 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 what's the M, P-E-M-P? Meditation. Meditation, yeah. So, so how does that fit into a good scheme or a good plan for your Lent? Yeah, it's, it's taking that time, you know, really sometimes making myself take that time to meditate on the Word of God and see, you know, is this really coming from God? Is this... Uh, something that I'm just thinking of, or is it something coming from the devil? Uh, well, uh, and, and we're going to finish up on the one that we kind of started with, which yeah. is repentance. What am I, I going to give up? And if the penance isn't feeding the PEMP, then we need to pick another penance. Yeah. Or as you said, and I'd like to re-highlight at the end, as you said, let Jesus pick your penance. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, John, for joining us today. This has been a wonderful program. I hope those people out there listening, it certainly has helped me get my mind focused on, I want to make a good Lent with Jesus, and I want to walk with our Lord all the way to the cross and his resurrection. Mm -hmm. God bless you. Thank you. Listening to St. Joseph Radio presents from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. If you would like to join us in our evangelization efforts, you can order a copy of today's broadcast or any of our past programs by visiting us on our website, stjosephradio.net. That's S A I N T, josephradio.net. Or call us, 636 447 6000. It's all at your fingertips to help us evangelize the world, bringing the good news of Christ to everyone you meet and change one soul at a time. Thank you for your prayers and support. Until next time, may God bless you and your family. This has been a presentation of St. Joseph Radio Presents.